covering all aspects of Milwaukee Brewers baseball. It's time for Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Here is your host, Matt Pauley. And we are off and running for episode number two of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. My name is Matt Pauley. I'll be with you for the next 20, 25, 30 minutes. We'll see how long it goes today as uh, we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers baseball. First and foremost, do you want to say thanks to everybody who listened to our first episode last week. Enjoyed hearing uh, all the feedback on Twitter. And if you ever got a, a comment or you want to contribute or whatever it might be, feel free to uh, tweet at me at Matt Pauley Radio. That's M A T T P A U L E Y Radio. Uh, we've got a lot going on on the program this week. Our two guests uh, we're very happy with on the social media roundtable. We're going to be joined this week by uh, Kyle Loebner. Loebner, a uh, contributor to. Uh, the Timber Rattlers website, also a uh, contributor over at Shepherd Express, uh, does the uh, the daily Frosty Mug over at his uh, Twitter account as well, which is uh, Brew Frosty Mug. So he's going to be coming up here in just a little bit as well. And then uh, we got a bit of a Timber Rattlers feel to the program today because as we go down on the farm, we'll be joined by uh, Chris Maring, the longtime voice of the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. Uh, plus, we'll go through the, the week that was in headlines. But you really look at this week, and it's the week that spring training starts. As I record this on Sunday night, this is the final edition of Brewers X Trainings, the podcast that is pre-spring training. Pitchers and catchers report on Tuesday. They have their first workout on Wednesday. They'll also work out on Thursday. Then on Friday, the full squad uh, checks in. And on Saturday is the first full squad workout. And before you know it, we are going to have spring training baseball as the uh, the opener is going to come up uh, not to, uh, I believe, Friday the 24th is when they take on uh, UWM down in Maryvale. So we are very, very, very close to uh, baseball being underway. Uh, as, as spring training gets started, you know, I was hosting a Wisconsin Sports Weekend on Sunday afternoon on WTMJ. And look, there, look, there's question marks going in the season. Every team has question marks, and any team that's not even projected to probably even be a 500 team certainly has more question marks. But I think as you, for me, one of the big questions is more of a, it's, it's a positive in the sense of you got too many guys. And I am very curious as the starting rotation battle plays itself out. What's going to happen to whoever does not make the rotation? You know, not even including uh, a Josh Hader or a Jorge Lopez or anybody who wasn't uh, in the big leagues last year. You look at the fight for the five-man rotation to be among seven guys, and Junior Guerra, Zach Davies, Jimmy Nelson, Willie Peralta, Chase Anderson, Matt Garza, and Tommy Malone. I may have even said this last week on the podcast. I've certainly said it a number of times on the air on WTMJ. I view the battle for the rotation a little bit differently. I think three guys have pretty much got their positions taken care of, just assuming that they don't, you know, kind of fall on their face in spring training. To me, Junior Guerra, Zach Davies, and Willie Peralta have their spots sewn up. So then you have four guys competing for two spots in Jimmy Nelson, Chase Anderson, uh, Matt Garza, and Tommy Malone. The only guy there that if he doesn't make the rotation for sure goes to the bullpen is Tommy Malone. You know, he was essentially signed to be 
that guy, to be a guy who can uh, move between the rotation and the bullpen. And I had Tommy Malone on the Brewers Weekly Show a couple weeks ago, and he made it really clear to me that he's going in and he wants to win one of those starting spots, and he still views himself as a starting pitcher. But he signed with the Brewers, I think, knowing that there was a possibility that he was going to be in the bullpen. But those other guys, can you put them in the bullpen? I don't think you can with Matt Garza. That's first of if Garza doesn't make this team and doesn't make the rotation, do you just eat the salary? And it's a lot of salary to eat, but at least it's the final year of that contract. So you're not eating salary this year and next year. If Garza doesn't make that rotation and you can't find a trade partner for him, I don't see a scenario where where he's on this team. And it'd be great to be able to find a trade partner, even if you eat the vast majority of that contract to to get out from un, uh, get out from underneath some of that money. That'd be good, but you know, does, does Chase Anderson, does Jimmy Nelson project as as bullpen kind of guys? You know, Anderson's been been in there a little bit. Uh, you know, Nelson maybe they view him as somebody who could move to like the back end of the bullpen that they you know in front of Neftali Feliz right now you're looking at guys like Corey Canable and Carlos Torres and Jacob Barnes I mean guys outside Torres who haven't really pitched that much especially in high leverage situations Canable moved into that role at the end of last year with with mixed results Torres had some moments of high leverage, but uh, certainly was not was was not your eighth inning type guy. So maybe maybe that's what you you do with Jimmy Nelson. But Nelson definitely views himself as a starter. We talked to him on Brewers on Deck, and he talked about the pride that he has in taking that ball every fifth day and going out there and being able to battle. So look, there's a lot of question marks, and we'll talk about those question marks here on the program. But as we as we get set for spring training to uh, officially get underway here this week, I have to wonder what is the guy the, of the people who are on the outside looking in of that starting rotation. Guys number six and seven, especially if Tommy Malone were to make the rotation, and you've got some combination of Jimmy Nelson, Chase Anderson, and Matt Garza on the outside looking in, I have to wonder what that's going to look like for those guys being able to move forward. It doesn't matter if it's right in the middle of the summer or winter. There's always news about the Brewers. Let's look back at the week that was with Matt's Headlines of the Week. We're just a few minutes away from our conversation with Kyle Loebner, and we'll also be talking with Chris Marion in about 15 minutes, so make sure to stick with us as we continue on with Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. My name is Matt Pauley. Here's what happened this week. Uh, one of the more interesting developments, we were just talking about Chase Anderson. Uh, he had his arbitration hearing, and generally somebody goes, has their arbitration hearing, and the result comes back very quickly. That's not going to uh, happen this year. The Associated Press had a report earlier this week that all pitchers who are eligible for arbitration for the first time, they are having the decisions on their hearings delayed until all have been heard. So there's a number of pitchers who are up for arbitration who have not yet had their hearings held everybody's going to have to wait and it's going to be just a mass announcement of all those guys uh according to the ap management and the players union agreed to wait uh until all these cases were heard before announcing the decisions so we're looking at uh, friday february 17th as the final day of uh of hearings 
you could possibly get that big announcement uh, on that day, or it might take a day or two. Who knows? It might take uh, all the way until Monday the 20th, but it's going to take a little bit more time for Chase Anderson to uh, know how much money he's going to make this year. Look, the the damage has already been done because the hearing has already taken place. I I continue to not understand why a team would ever go to arbitration with a player when the difference in what they want to be paid and what the club wants to pay them is so small. The uh, Anderson filed for $2.85 million. The Brewers submitted a figure of $2.45 million. So we're talking less than half a million dollars difference. And it's, it's, it's a damaging process because what happens in an arbitration hearing, you've got the player, they present their case, but then you've got the team and they present their case. And they basically give all the reasons that he should not make that amount of money. And uh, it's, a, it's a process that can certainly hurt the relationship. And I, look, I don't think that's going to happen with the Brewers. But if, if you're a team, you like to stay out of that arbitration room and you don't like going to those hearings and if I was running a major league baseball team and look I'm not uh when if we're talking about less than half a million dollars I find a way to to avoid that hearing because that is uh that is not worth it the rosters were officially announced for the world baseball classic and uh the brewers are going to be well 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 represented uh Jonathan VR is going to play for uh, the Dominican Republic. Uh, Willie Peralta is in the Dominican Republic's pitching pool. So essentially they have a roster and then they also have a pool of other pitchers. So if the Dominican Republic advances past the first round, they can bring in different pitchers that are in their pitching pool. So Peralta could potentially be available there. Um, Hernan Perez will play for uh, Venezuela. Carlos Torres will pitch for uh, Mexico. Those are the uh, big league guys who are involved. And then from a minor league uh, standpoint, uh, you've got Jorge Lopez, Hiram Burgos, and Andrew Barbosa. They are all on Puerto Rico's roster. All those guys are pitchers. Uh, minor league catcher Cody Decker is going to play for Israel. And uh, minor league uh, left-handed pitcher Wei Chang Wang is going to play for Chinese uh, Taipei. As uh, the World Baseball Classic is not that far far away just about three weeks march 6th is when that gets started and then a fun bit of news about a former brewer as uh former brewer first baseman prince fielder who unfortunately his career has come to an end because of uh, uh because of health issues he is going to have a food show that's going to be streaming on netflix and hulu it is going to be coming out at some point in the next month or so, at the beginning of March, and uh, he's going to uh, have a lot of different people on the show. Going to have some baseball people, some actors, some musicians, some chefs. Uh, he told ESPN.com that uh, they're going to bring out different dishes, and then at the end of the show, he's going to give the dish that he likes the most. Get this, the fielder's choice. Yeah, it's a little bit corny, but that's okay. Uh, so Brewers fans can uh, can watch Prince Fielder moving forward uh, with his new food show that's going to be streaming on both Netflix and Hulu. After every Brewers game, signing an announcement, bloggers and podcasters hit the web to give their take. Now we bring them all together. It's the Social Media Roundtable, and it starts now. It is now time for our weekly Social Media Roundtable here on uh, Brewers X Journeys, the podcast. What we do each week 
is we uh, welcome in a different uh, blogger or podcaster. Maybe even in the future we'll talk to two at a time. But uh, this week we're very happy to welcome in uh, Kyle Loebner. You read him over at the Timber Rattlers uh, webpage where he does the uh, the Frosty Micro Brews. He also uh, writes for uh, Shepherd Express. And if you follow him on Twitter at Brew Frosty Mug, uh, you get the uh, you get all the information on an everyday basis that he's able to uh, tweet out uh, each morning. Kyle, appreciate you taking a moment with us. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. You bet. Um, so just kind of, you know, we're still pitchers and catchers are reporting this week. Still kind of looking at the Brewers from a very very broad standpoint. As you look back at this off season and, and the big moves being Thames coming in to play first, Shaw at third, Feliz is the uh, is uh, you know presumably the the closer. Uh, are you are you happy with the moves that the Brewers have made during the course of the off season? Well, I think, you know, in light of last off offseason, uh, when the Brewers basically sold everything that wasn't nailed down, um, it's, it's a little hard to, to put this offseason in the proper perspective just because it was relatively quiet. And I think across baseball for a lot of teams, this, this winter was a relatively quiet one. But all told, I think the Brewers did a, a pretty good job of acquiring a fair amount of upside this winter. Uh, I think that could be kind of the running theme across guys like Travis Shaw, Eric Thames, Neftali Feliz. Uh, there's reason to believe that all of these guys could be worth much more to this organization than what the Brewers are paying for them. So it's going to be interesting to see how they fit in this spring. Uh, the Brewers have built a very wide array of kind of talent that's slightly above replacement level. You know, guys who deserve spots on major league rosters. It doesn't translate very well into star power on a day-to-day basis. Um, but there's at least a, a collection of guys that belong at this level now, and I think that's probably you know a successful step one to a rebuilding process. One of your recent posts uh, over at uh, Shepherd Express, uh, you talked with uh, Stats Datacaster David Schultz, and you guys discussed the the offensive number projection, I guess you can say, uh, of Eric Thames compared to what he did when he was over at Korea. Uh, it's nobody has any clue what he's going to do this year offensively. But what what are your expectations of what he can do over at first base? Yeah, I think you know when I talked to David. It was really important to me when the same signing took place that I get a hold of somebody who had seen a lot more Korean baseball than I have. And David fits that mold in a big way. Um, He's done data casting through Stats LLC for the Korean League for a couple of years now. Um, And he said that he's talked to a a few of his colleagues in that field, and there's kind of a, a consensus that Korean baseball is somewhere between about double A and triple A level caliber baseball. Um, the pitching just is not very good over there. Um, and I think, you know, when you look at some of the names that were over there alongside Eric Thames, you start to get a better perspective for that. Hector Gomez, um, who is a guy who really couldn't stick in the big leagues with the Brewers a couple of years ago, just had a really nice offensive season over there. Uh, Luis Jimenez, who was also a, a very short-term Brewer not that long ago, has had some really good numbers in the Korean League. And so it, it's very difficult to predict you know, exactly what this means when you see, you know, kind of fringy big leaguers go over to Korea and have huge numbers. How do you translate it when a guy comes back? Now, with that said, James is a guy who had prolonged success over there. His numbers were better than both Gomez and Jimenez. So it's really tough to tell, you know, exactly what to expect from him. 
I think the Brewers made one of the best moves of the entire offseason for them this winter. You know, about a week ago when they picked up Jesus Aguilar yeah. off waivers, another guy who can play first base, just a, a level of insurance in case this move doesn't work out. But if this move does work out, the Brewers have gotten a guy who can help them for quite some time on a three-year deal at a pretty low salary. It's really interesting, though, when you look at the whole situation because you know they didn't want to pay Chris Carter somewhere between 8 and $12 million, which is what his arbitration projection was. He ends up becoming a free agent, almost goes to Japan, signs a $3.5 million deal to go be the backup first baseman for, for the Yankees. I have to think that if, if they would have had the opportunity to sign Carter for $3.5 million dollars they would have been all in on that but it took the better part of three months for for that situation to even develop yeah it would have been interesting to see you know if you could have started this offseason with all the cards on the table if the brewers could have come to chris carter and said you know what you can have your starting job back but we're only going to pay you three and a half million dollars and carter had known that that was the best he was going to do it'd be interesting to see how that plays out um because i do think you know, regardless of how good Thames ends up being, the Brewers are going to miss Carter's power. Thames is just not that kind of hitter. He's not going to um, be that kind of home run set every trip to the plate, even if he is every bit as good as he was in Korea a year ago. And so it, it's an interesting situation. Um, I kind of feel bad for Carter, who I think has a skill set that across the game right now is getting a little bit undervalued. I think at some point we are going to realize that as defenses across the game get better and better, the one thing you can't defend is the home run. Um, and so the, the guys like Carter, who you know are a little substandard defensively, um, you know maybe they do swing and miss a fair amount, but can put up 35 or 40 home runs, I think we're going to come to see them become very valuable again, you know, probably in the not-so-distant future. And it's unfortunate that that didn't work out for Carter this winter. It's interesting, though, because you know, in, in the age of advanced metrics, Everybody put him down because of his on-base, because of his batting average, because of his strikeouts. But we, we hear from David Stearns talk all the time in terms of run creation. And, I, I, you know, the, the, the definition of run creation is creating runs. And you look at what happened last year with, uh, with Carter – he the home runs he hit he hits 41 of them he drives in 94 runs he scores 84 runs those are all among the best on the team last year that's the definition of run creation when you look at home runs rbis and runs scored and he didn't uh and they still didn't value him as much as and nobody valued him and that's that's what confused me a little bit because they do talk about run creation yeah, and I think, like I said, if we could go back and we could start this winter over with all the cards on the table, you know, if Chris Carter had known that the best he was going to do was the deal he got, you know, how does it change that the Brewer situation doesn't change things for anybody? It'd be interesting to know, um, because I think, you know, like you said, guys like Carter, I think, have a lot more value than MLB teams showed this winter. And I think Carter was also hurt by being on the market at the wrong time. Yeah. You know, being on the market parallel to Mark Trumbo, being on the market parallel to Edwin Encarnacion, guys who sat on the market for a long time, um, it never really allowed Carter's market to develop. And by the time he became the best free agent on the market, there just wasn't a market left anymore. Do you think that 
arbitration will adjust towards that, meaning you know he was projected to be uh, somewhere between eight and twelve million dollars this year. That if the exact same scenario were to come forward this upcoming season, that a guy like Chris Carter going into arbitration, that the the arbitration projection will be lower because of what happened with him this year. I think it's possible. Um, you know, I think we saw this happen not that long ago with relievers. Um, there was a, a series of reliever contracts signed that way overvalued saves and proven closers. And we saw closers get just obscene amounts of money. And then all of a sudden we did see a bunch of relievers start to get non-tendered. We did see guys, you know, start to, to get a reaction based on the fact that their arbitration value was nowhere near what teams actually valued them for. And so it's possible the market could respond. Unfortunately, because of the way the arbitration system works, you really only need a couple of good comparisons to justify just about any contract. So I think it's going to take a couple of years, maybe, of the overall market playing down before individual players in certain skill sets start to see an actual impact on what they can get in arbitration. Started to wrap up our conversation with Kyle Loebner. You can follow him on Twitter at uh, Brew Frosty Mug. You write uh, for the Timber Rattlers website with the Frosty Microbrews every other week or so. And uh, you recently did a piece after the the Brewers on Deck event, and you you spoke to a number of former uh, former Timber Rattlers. How much do you enjoy being able, especially with the fact that uh, you've got uh, the lowest full season team and then the major league team just uh, just a couple hours from each other, not even. How much do you enjoy being able to see these former timber rattlers go through the process and then eventually make their way up to Milwaukee? You know, it's a lot of fun. I've been with the timber rattlers now. This is my third season working with the team directly. I covered them uh, when I was working at Brew Crew Ball before that. So I've gotten to know a, a fair number of these guys over the years. Um, and some of them come back down here on rehab assignments. You know, see, so you see them come and go, and you see them at events like Brewers on Deck or on the, the handful of times when I'm down in Milwaukee covering the team. And it's really fun to have that connection. Um, you know, I, I can't imagine the, the Timber Rattlers ever being affiliated with a different franchise again because the, the situation that has worked out here has been so much fun, I think, and so successful for everyone involved. And so, yeah, it's great to see these guys come through. It's great to get this opportunity to get to know them, especially you know, really early in their career when you're still seeing, you know, kind of the, the low-A level challenges, you know, the, the issues of adjusting to the day-to-day, but also just the flashes of brilliance of what these guys could be. It's really fun to, to get to see these guys for the first time and kind of try to figure out, you know, what the long-term picture looks like for them. And especially, you know, the, the 2016 season was just a blast here in Appleton because there were so many top prospects on that team that I think we're going to be talking about for years to come. Yeah, it's interesting to talk about them being affiliated with another team. I did two years of broadcasting in the Midwest League, and my first year was the team's last year with Seattle, and then my second year was the first year with the Brewers. And I, I can just remember coming into Appleton that uh, that first time when they were when they were with the Brewers and, and thinking how – how it seemed like things were revitalized with that Brewers affiliation, and I, I think it's continued on since then. Yeah, and I think, you know, especially now with the Brewers' rebuild, this is a really fun time to be watching the Brewer minor leaguers anyway. Um, and so to have them right here close to home, I think is a really great asset for the organization. 
and it makes it a little easier for fans to, to continue to follow the minor leagues and to start to get excited about these guys as they climb the ladder. Absolutely. Hey, Kyle, people can follow you uh, on Twitter at BrewFrostyMug. You're a great follow uh, because of uh, everything that you're tweeting out on, on an everyday uh, basis. Uh, people can read your long-form uh, stuff, the uh, Frosty Microbrews over at the Timber Rattlers website, and also uh, your contributor over at uh, Shepherd Express. Thank you so much for taking a, a few moments, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to uh, make you a, uh, a regular contributor here for uh, the Social Media Roundtable. Hey, thanks so much for having me. This was fun. The future of the Brewers organization has never been more important than it is right now. It's time to get an inside look at what's taking place throughout the Brewers minor league affiliates as we go down on the farm. We're very happy to be able to uh, welcome on to Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast, the uh, longtime, very talented voice of the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers, the uh, low-A affiliate of the uh, Milwaukee Brewers, that is uh, Chris Marion. Chris, appreciate you taking a few moments. How are you doing? Great, Matt. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, you bet. Um, so this is kind of the time of the year because spring training is getting started this weekend that uh, you you kind of look ahead to maybe, just maybe, who might break camp with your team. So is there anybody, uh, what, what guys are you kind of looking at this year for the Timber Rattlers that uh, internally you're hoping come, uh, come, come out of Brewers spring training and join the Timber Rattlers this year? Well... Minor league camp doesn't open for another uh, almost a month yet, but uh, the, I'm I'm kind of looking forward to uh, uh, Ronnie Gideon, uh, Texas A&M, 17 home runs last year in the Pioneer League. Uh, he was a draft pick out of Texas A&M. Kyle Loebner does some writing for TimberRobbers.com on a Frosty Microbrews uh, feature every every other week, and he did a real nice story on on Gideon and. Uh, about how he might be able to help out the Timber Rattlers in the in the 2017 season, and uh, I, I'm not sure if we're going to get anybody back from last year. Um, might get a few guys that uh, came up late. Uh, I'd be kind of interested in uh, Jordan Desgren, who came up uh, kind of late from this uh, this past season from uh, Helena, and. Uh, uh, there's there's just a lot of really interesting names in the draft last year uh, that that are possibilities for the Timber Rattlers, but you know it all depends on how camp goes and uh, who is all going to get moved around. You mentioned the fact that minor league camp doesn't open for for quite some time, and this year big league camps are getting started pretty early because of the 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 World Baseball Classic. Is it? Uh, is it a weird feeling when when things are getting started for the big league club, but you still got to wait a little while to he- get any reports back or to see for yourself what's going on with some of the minor league guys? It it is. You know, I know that some of the the lower minor league guys are down working at the at uh, at the Maryville complex right now, kind of their off season camp, and some of the higher major league guys uh, or minor league guys they're going to be in major league camp. But, uh, you know, I, I know some of these guys are, are home working out right now, and, and they're just itching to get to Arizona. But, you know, even when you get down there, I made the mistake a couple of years ago going down the first week of uh, minor league spring training when the game started. And, you know, the guys I was watching, half of them didn't even make it to Wisconsin that year. So it, it's always kind of, you always have to wait until later in the spring to get a feel for who's going to be coming up where. Uh, in the organization. 
One of the big names uh, last year who played for the Timber Rattlers was Hassan Diaz. He plays in 135 games, put up big numbers, 20 home runs, 75 RBI. Seemingly got better as the season got along. As you've watched guys go through the Timber Rattlers and then watch their careers advanced uh, in years after, what would be your expectation, maybe even projection, for what the next step is for him? I really think that he's just going to take the next progression, which is going to be in Carolina next year, and then the Brewers will see where he goes. I know uh, towards the end of the year last year, he was uh, he was kind of beat up, uh, but he's still putting up numbers. He's still playing great defense. Um, he, uh, you know, he just went out and he was a postseason All Star, one of our two postseason All Stars this year. Had a very long season, you know, longer than anything he's ever been through before. So I think they're going to just let him rest a little bit uh, this off season when he gets back into, uh, you know, and I'm sure he's been working out and everything. But uh, I think he's going to be up at Carolina, and the folks down in the Carolina league are really going to like him. The and I think, and I think everybody in the Brewers organization, once they get a chance to see him, you know, wherever they are. They're really going to love seeing him, too. Yeah, I know there's obviously a lot of excitement about him. You talk about, it seems like what some organizations like to push guys through the system real quick, and it seems like the Brewers are, are a little bit more disciplined in the way that they let guys have success at a level maybe for, for an entire season. And and they're they're aggressive with a guy here or there, but it's it's generally the exception, not the rule. Do you, do you like that uh, kind of that philosophy? I love it because we got a whole season of Isan Diaz last year and <laughs> yeah. made the playoffs. So um, I, I, I do like the way that the Brewers work guys up. I mean, I, I've been with the Timber Rattlers for a long time, and in the late stages of the affiliation with the Seattle Mariners, guys were getting pushed up to their detriment. Um, guys would have a couple of good starts, and all of a sudden, hey, it's on to the California League. And the California League, you know, that's not really a place you want to push a pitcher or two or even push a uh, push a minor league uh, hit or two to, to get a good judge of what what they can do. Um, you know, the, the Brewers, you know, taking it slow, making sure guys uh, progress and are doing the, the things that they need to do to get to the next level and then become major league players. I think that's the, the, the slow and steady wins the race kind of mentality is the best one. What, yeah, the, I think the effect of, of David Stearns coming in maybe has more of an effect on, on the higher minor leagues uh, in terms of the talent that they've been able to go and acquire. But have you noticed since Stearns has taken over, do you maybe have any expectations as as Stearns continues on what impact his philosophies have on, on the Timber Rattlers? Well, last year when, when he was hired and he went out and made all the trades uh, that he made, a lot of those trades, uh, our, our manager, Matt Erickson, said that he loves them because every trade that he made made the Timber Rattlers better. I mean, you look at the guys that won our team last year. Isan Diaz came over in a trade with the Red Sox. Um, you had Trey Supak come over from the, uh, from the Pirates. And there were a couple of other guys in, that, uh, you know, in, that, in those uh, trades that actually joined us last season. And, uh, and I think that now that the trade part of the the rebuild is over and bringing in talent and stockpiling young talent, uh, young controllable talent uh, that, that 
his the poss- possibility of major leaguers. I think the other part of it is drafting good talent. I mean, we had Lucas Ursig last year. Um, he came in. We had pitchers like uh, Corbin Burns and uh, Zach Brown last year after the draft. Those are some names that people are really going to want to want to see. We did get Corey Ray for a, for you know the very end of the regular season and a couple of playoff games. I think you know number one pick and, and people are really going to like him. The the drafting and the scouting and, and that philosophy that is going to help the lower minors where the where the timber rattlers are, and that helps build to you know where the where the Brewers want to be, which is you know hopefully eventually a World Series champion and competing for that every year. Continuing to talk with uh, Chris Marion, the broadcaster for the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers in Appleton. I know uh, the promotional schedule and the theme nights and the appearances and all that have been uh, put together. What kind of uh, announcements and changes and events uh, have uh, come together during the course of the offseason that people who head up for Timber Rattlers games can be excited about? Uh, well, we've got Star Wars Night is always our biggest night, and that's uh, that's going to be back again next year. We'll be doing Brewers Sundays again in uh, 2017, where we'll pick out a, uh, a, a Brewers jersey and kind of turn it into a Timber Rattlers jersey, and then we'll auction those off at the end of the season for uh, for charity. We've got a couple of other things. Uh, we have 11 different bobblehead nights this year, including... For those uh, in Wisconsin, uh, it's a Sam Decker bobblehead. He came up and threw out a first pitch for us and shot off our broad suka. And uh, we'll be doing a Sam Decker bobblehead later in the season next year. Um, we'll also be kind of celebrating our past with a uh, David Ortiz all-fan giveaway, um, all-fan bobblehead giveaway on our opening day, which is April 8th this year. That's a Saturday. Uh, David Ortiz was a timber rattler back in 1996. And then in Alex Rodriguez bobblehead for later in the season, he was an Appleton Fox back in 1994. And uh, uh, my personal favorite bobblehead next year is a Nate Nate Greep bobblehead. Uh, Nate's uh, was our closer last year. He set the franchise record for saves with 23. The old record was 19, and it stood since 1995. And if you've ever seen Nate on Twitter, his handle is grim creeper so we actually have him dressed up like a grim reaper with a scythe and uh, <laughs> you know his reaction when he saw it on twitter was everything we thought it would be and it's going to be outstanding that's awesome that sounds uh love love the bobbleheads and glad you guys do so many of those during the course of the year well chris great to talk to you this is just our second episode i uh, hope to have you on uh fairly often maybe once a month or so if you are amenable to that I am more than happy to talk about it, Matt, and hopefully we'll uh, we'll see you in person when you come up to a game this year. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Hopefully that can happen on, uh, on one of the Brewers off nights this year. Sounds great, Matt. Thank you. There's Chris Marion, the voice of the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. Follow him on Twitter at C Marion, M-E-H-R-I-N-G. And also check out his uh, blog that he puts together. He has the uh, Rattler Radio blog, the blog of the Wisconsin uh, Timber Rattlers. You can uh, th- There's a link to it on his Twitter account, and you can find it on the Timber Rattlers uh, website. So uh, they have some great stuff from him. In fact, he even does his own uh, podcast uh, as, uh, as he discussed a number of things. So he has the Rattler Radio podcast as well. And we really appreciate uh, getting a few moments 
moments of Chris Marion's time. So that's going to do it for episode number two of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Again, feel free to reach out to me. I always enjoy hearing from folks who uh, listen to the program. You can tweet at me at Matt Pauley Radio, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y Radio. You can also drop me an email, matt.pauley at wtmj.com. Again, this is the week. Here are your dates of note for uh, this week. Pitchers and catchers report on Tuesday the 14th. They have their first uh, workout on Wednesday. Then full squads will report on the 17th, and the first uh, full squad workout is Saturday the 18th. And uh, baseball is here. This is the final time I'll be talking to you on this podcast that some sort of spring training activity is not going on. I want to say thank you to our guest today, uh, Kyle Loebner, uh, joining us uh, on the program. Again, you can uh, follow Kyle on Twitter, at BrewFrostyMug. You can read him on the Timber Rattlers website. You can read him on uh, Shepherd Express. But the Twitter follow is the place to go uh, because of what he does on, a, uh, on an every morning basis with, uh, with what he uh, tweets out. And then uh, also big thanks to uh, Chris Marion for joining us, the uh, broadcaster for the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. Follow him on Twitter at C Marion. That's uh, the letter C M E H R I N G. Read his uh, Rattler Radio blog and uh, also listen to his Rattler Radio podcast. And uh, those guys are going to be guys that we have uh, on the program fairly often as we uh, continue on with this very new endeavor. This is just episode number two of Brewers Externies, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Thank you uh, so much for uh, listening. I look forward to speaking with you coming up next week as uh, we'll look back at the beginning of spring training. Until then, I'm Matt Pauley. This has been Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Thanks for listening to Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Matt will be back next week with another episode. For all the latest Brewers news, keep listening to a home of the Brewers. News Radio 620 WTMJ.